It is not Friday, and woo, it is not Linderman's Picks, folks. But I am Jay Linderman, hosting a very special impromptu episode of Tales from the Abyss. That's right. I'm doing this solo. Why? Because our boys, Rini Rico and Link, did an episode on Scream 6 a few weeks back. They had seen it before I did. My lazy ass couldn't get out of the house, but that's okay because I did see it and I do want to give my take, not just on the new movie, but on the franchise as a whole. So welcome, folks. Welcome all you out there in podcast land to Jay's take on the Scream franchise. And here we go. Like the free world knows Scream 6 was released. Uh, just this past month, within the last month, became a huge hit. It was a follow-up to Scream 2022 that came out in January last year, and that too was a huge hit. So the whole Scream franchise has been revitalized, and as well as it should be, because I'm telling you now, these uh, remakes, requels, prequels, treacles, whatever you want to call them, these, these last two have actually been quite good. But before we get into the franchise real quick, uh, I did play a lead-in song, if you couldn't already tell, and that was Hush by the legendary hard rock band Deep Purple. If you've never listened to Deep Purple, you haven't lived. Some great music out there. Legendary guitarist Richie Blackmore. At one time, they had legendary singer Ronnie James Dio. Dio, uh, excuse me, Dio and Blackmore formed the band Rainbow, pardon me. But Deep Purple was a Richie Blackmore project. They've got some great albums such as Machine Head. Awesome album, awesome album. Uh, In Rock is another good one. Um, And then with Rainbow, Richie Blackmore did some other great albums like Rainbow Rising. So... Yeah, but Deep Purple is fantastic. And uh, that was Hush, like I said. You can find that song on Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love that movie. The ending's a little jacked, but I love the movie. All right. So let's move on to Scream, shall we? So what I've done, I've compared, a, I've, I've compiled a list of from worst to best uh, of all six Scream movies. And so what I'm going to do is give that list and talk about each film real quick um, as we go along. So, are we ready? We're going to start it at the bottom at number six, and here we go for Scream. Here we go. Jay's take on the Scream franchise, and coming in at number six. Uh, it's probably not much of a surprise, but Scream 3. Yes, Scream 3. This was the one where production was re- was delayed several times towards the end of the millennium. Uh, which I don't understand because if they had enough time to prep and they kept delaying production, why in the ever-living shit did Courtney Cox's hair look like that? Woo, the banes, the dark banes in the front with the pale skin. I'm not sure what look she was going for. She looked like a ventriloquist dummy. I'm just saying. But the screen three as a whole... Decent enough. I didn't buy the killer. This is the only one where the killer is one guy. He's a single guy here. Turns out. You know what? I'm going to give some spoilers. I mean, some of these screen movies. The first screen movie came out when I was in high school, for Christ's Christ's sake. If you haven't seen these, yeah, well, I'm sorry. But Scream 3 
uh, was supposed to be the end uh, of an era, the end of a franchise, and and it kind of went out with a whimper. If you have me, the killer is supposed to be the illegitimate son of Maureen Prescott, Sidney Prescott's mother. Um, and the whole backstory is a little is actually quite mean, and it's maybe something they couldn't do today. Maureen Prescott was taken advantage of at one of these big lavish Hollywood parties, which is how she had. Uh, her illegitimate son before moving back to Woodsboro and starting a family with Sydney and her dad. Yeah. I mean, a decent enough story, I guess, but to me, it felt a little far fetched. But the movie as a whole, to me, just does, doesn't work as well as the first two. It's, um, to me, I, th- I found Gail Weathers really, really kind of annoying in this one. And Dewey. Uh, played by David Arquette, is doing the best he can. Meanwhile, Sidney Prescott um, is in the movie, not as much as the first two. I think uh, that had a lot to do with Nev Campbell's scheduling. But uh, she is in the movie and does have a vital role. But And, and I hate that, you know, Scream 3, because it was very highly anticipated after the breakout successes of the first two. And Scream 3 came out, People were excited. People went to see it, and then they walk out of the theater with a meh. Well, that's the end of that. But no, it wasn't. So let's move on to number five on on our list, which is, happens to be Scream 4. Scream 4 was released in 2011, April 2011. And I actually saw this in the theater as well. I was excited about it. And it just... Um, I remember seeing the theater and being underwhelmed. Uh, I, I, maybe I was expecting a little bit more out of the movie itself. It was good to see Gail and Dewey and Sydney. Uh, we we get a new character with uh, Marley Shelton with the deputy. She uh, we see her for the first time in the franchise in Scream Four as Dewey's deputy, as a matter of fact. So. <clears throat> Um, yeah, Scream 4 was okay. I didn't buy the killer on this one either. Just did it. And as a matter of fact, it's been a long time since I've seen Scream 4. Uh, but there is a character from Scream 4, uh, Kirby Reed, who reappears in Scream 6. So, but all you horror fans were probably on that three years ago. Anyway, yeah, Scream 4, it's just, the the tension's not there. It's cool Wes Craven came back to do one more, but I kind of wish... Uh, you know, Scream 4 wasn't his last one. I'd like to see him kind of right the ship a little bit after Screams 3 and 4, but unfortunately, the great master of terror, uh, Wes Craven, uh, passed away due, I believe it was a brain tumor, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, but, uh, that's okay. The franchise is in really good hands right now, and we will get to them in just one second. So at number five, I have Scream 4. Very underwhelming. Didn't buy the killer. A lot of the side characters and new characters I really did not uh, care for, except for maybe Kirby, thank goodness. I liked her because she comes back. Uh, the Sydney character is very strong in this one. You can tell she's had enough shit. Same with Gail. Dewey is uh, high re- is uh, the sheriff of the Woodsboro Police, so he's basically living his dream job. But coming together and with the backstory, I wasn't buying yet. Scream 4 is that number 5. All right, number four, I have Scream 2022, 
pleasantly surprised with this one and with some great performances, performances especially with Jenna Ortega, who has become a breakout star after this and her show Wednesday on Netflix. But Scream 2022, um, I like the twist. It's a, it's a way to get the original movie back in it, and that is to have the our main character of Sam Carpenter be the daughter of Billy Loomis. Yep, the homicidal maniac himself, Billy Loomis from the original. Yep, apparently he had a daughter at some point. Anyway, but does she have his killer gene? Does she? I mean, that's a question that's being popped up through these last two movies. Does she have that killer gene that her dad does? And we'll get to more of that in a second. But the movie as a whole, as a whole was really awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, the ending, I predicted the ending about halfway through the movie, to be honest. But it was still fun. Still some great jumps and scares. Scream 2022 does hit the, hit the mark as far as horror movie goes. And the way that this new Scream um, franchise, this new version of the franchise is trending, we're in for a lot more good stuff. So that leads us to number three on my list, and that would be Scream 6, the latest one. Watched it just last night, and I, I tell you, it's a movie shot full of intense scenes. Um, I think the one most people talk about based off the previews is the convenience store scene with the shotgun yeah it's very well done the subway scene very well done the scene where they're having to across uh to cross apartments by a ladder was very well done um the movie itself also does a great job of keeping the audience guessing as to who's the killer who's gonna die who's gonna get hurt does the killer in this scream follow by the rules? Uh, do they try to continue taking out franchise characters? And I can answer that. And I know the movie's still fresh, but let me just say, I was a little sad when a certain character died. I was. I thought to myself, well, damn, another one, you know? Don't get me wrong, you can probably guess who I'm talking about, and you can probably guess the scene I'm talking about just on, based on the previews. But, uh, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, another classic heart character has been taken out. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, Scream 6 works um, for the most part. Here's what the one gripe I had with it, and that has to be... I know Scream 6 is supposed to take place in New York, but there's not much of New York in the movie. Probably because they didn't film it in New York. I don't know. Put it this way, okay? Way back in the late 80s, 88, 89 time frame, right? Friday the 13th, uh, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, went into production in Vancouver, Western Canada. Supposed to be New York. Didn't work. Therefore, that's why 80% of the movie is on a goddamn boat. But Scream 6 had every opportunity in the world to take care of the New York atmosphere. To let the city be a part of the movie. And outside of the subway scene, I felt like we didn't get enough of that. I thought I think it would have been cool to see Ghostface um, in a popular high rise. You know what I mean? 
or, or running through Times Square. I mean, Jason got to be in Times Square at least. I mean, all the money in that budget went to that one shot, I think, for uh, Friday Part 8. But Scream 6, I thought a little bit more New York needed to be incorporated. And how about the ending? Like I mentioned before, is Sam, does she have that killer Billy Loomis gene running through her veins? I mean, we kind of get a nod to the end of Friday the 13th Part 5. Remember? Tommy Jarvis is in the hospital. He gets waking up by seeing a vision of Jason, checks his drawer, there's the Jason hockey mask, and he puts it on, and it looks like he is getting ready to take out the other main character from the movie, Pam. What happens in Scream 6? She has her dad's original mask. And to take out the bad guy, take out the bad guys, she goes into, I mean, she goes from zero to Carrie White in about 2.5 seconds to take out the bad guy. So she's got some sort of killer gene in her, I'm telling you. But anyway, Scream 6, very enjoyable. Uh, gave you my gripes about it, but as, as a whole, as far as tense scenes, Scream 6 is full of them. So yeah, there you go. I got Scream 6 at number 3. At number 2, I have a Scream 2. If anybody's old enough to remember the hype behind Scream when it first came out back in uh, December of 96, um, it was very quietly released, and then by word of mouth, it exploded into popularity. And so Scream 2, much like Scream 6, came out about a... a, a a year or so. Actually, Scream 2 came out all less than a year from Scream 1. Scream 1, December 96. Scream 2, November of 97. Scream 2022. Scream 6, January of 2022. Scream 6, March of 2023. So, and I'm telling you now, with Scream 2 being made and released so quickly it's amazing at how good this movie is same can be said for scream six but uh scream two is a fun sequel this was a, quote unquote a meta movie before meta was cool uh love the randy character hate he gets killed in this one but to me if you're going to be a really good horror filmmaker and you kind if you can make a terrifying scene in the middle of the day and make it downright scary, you are a great horror filmmaker. And Wes Craven does that in this movie, in Scream 2. There's a scene out in the courtyards of the college. I think I think it's Windsor College. Um, killer's on the phone. They're roaming around trying to find him. They've been talking about the rules of sequels. You know, that's the part where Randy gets pulled in the van and gets stabbed and he's done. So, but uh, Scream 2 as a whole works. They did, you can tell the Sydney character, played by Nev Campbell, of course, is trying to gather her life. You know, it's been a year since Woodsboro. And she's got a new boyfriend. She's trying to move forward, but you can tell that she's still holding on to the past. And naturally, the past catches up with her. Now, the ending was decent, I guess. It was Billy Loomis's mother, played by Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, Jackie from Roseanne. Uh, and she has a sidekick, a fucked up, warped out 
film student played by Timothy Oliphant. I like Timothy Oliphant. I'm just saying. Anywho, very young Timothy Oliphant in this one, by the way. So, so Scream Two is villains is decent, I guess, but in this one you really see the relationship between Dewey and Gale really blossom. And okay, really quick, Gale. Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox, right? Mentioned her awful banes with pale face in Scream 3. Scream 2. How about... It looks like she's dropped a lot of weight. Not saying that's bad. But she looks a little bit skinnier than she did in the first one. And now she's got red streaks in her hair. And it looks like she's wearing blue contacts. Maybe that's her real eyes. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, Courtney Cox is here in two and three. Don't know what was going on there. I mean, she was making friends at the time, right? Couldn't the producers from France going, yo, dude, you're not leaving this studio with a hairdo like that. Red streaks? You going to a punk rock show at CBGB? I don't know. Anyway, as a whole, Scream 2 works. Great sequel, great follow-up, advances the characters. We get new characters that we like does everything a sequel is supposed to do and that leaves us with number one on my scream list here and that's the original released in december of 96 came out of nowhere smacked people in the face brought the horror genre back to life the horror genre was dead by the time we got to the early 90s the horror market was so saturated with dumb ass slasher movies I love slasher movies, but by the end of the 90s, it has gotten ridiculous. And then we started getting uh, straight-to-video stuff, which is great and wonderful, and there's a huge fan base for all that. But then all of a sudden, that fan base went away. Uh, Candyman came out in 92, and that was pretty much the only thing we had as far as horror. I mean, even John Carpenter and Wes Craven went on to make non-horror movies. Craven tried his best with 1994's uh, New Nightmare. I gotta give the man some credit because that was a that's a great movie. But I'm telling you now, Scream saved horror. It did. And what happens when something's successful, you get imitators. That's saying, you know, uh, the next year, I believe, we had, uh, I know what you did last summer. We had uh, Urban Legend. Stuff like that. This is before the whole remake stuff. And thanks to Scream, we got a new Halloween. Halloween H2O. It's basically Scream with Laurie Strode. That's what I call it. But the first Scream movie still works. I still love Billy and Stu as the killers. They play great off each other. Sidney Campbell. Um, excuse Sidney Campbell. I'm thinking of a scary movie, The Parody. The first one's hilarious. I'm not too sure about the the other ones, but the first one's awesome. Anyway, Sydney Prescott is one of the great final girls ever, and she's still around. She was great in Scream 2022. Um, Too bad, you know, we're starting to lose legacy characters, and Sydney wasn't even in Scream 6, so... Man, uh, the first Scream, I saw it in the movie theaters, and it was packed, and people were losing their minds over this movie. They took the slasher genre and turned it on its head. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's I mean, Kevin Williamson became such a hot commodity after this. 
Wes Craven was a big time, big shot director once again. So give a lot of credit to Scream for bringing horror back. For pulling horror out of that quicksand. For taking that hand and pulling them out of the depths of hell. Did I sound like Vince McMahon just there? The depths of hell. That's my best Vince McMahon. But anyway, folks, thank you for listening. That's my scream list. I'm going to do a quick recap from worst to best. Number six, scream three. Number five, scream four. Number four, Scream 2022. Number three, Scream 6. Number two, Scream 2. And uh, number one, the OG, the original 1996 Scream. Folks, I am Jay Lindren. Thank you for tuning in. I just wanted to get my words on Scream out there. Now that the new sequel has been released and half the world had seen it except for me. But uh, now that I have, I just wanted to get my take on it. Link, Rennie Rico, you boys did a wonderful job of reviewing Scream. And not only that, right here on Tales from the Abyss, we dropped a new episode this week, Link and I. We sure did. We dropped a new episode and we talked about Southern gas station gas food. Interesting, huh? And, but the main the main uh, part of the episode was we were talking about Superman. That's right. Superman turned 85 last week, by the way. And also, real quick, folks, I got some thank yous I want to say and to send out. Uh, thank you to everyone who reached out to me last week. Um, I had a medical issue that uh, basically kind of came out of nowhere. Pretty scary stuff. Um, I do have some doctor's appointments. I'm getting everything monitored and checked out properly. And and it's a situation that is not too serious, but it is something that I'm going to have to follow in other words, I need to take care, t- take better care of myself. Stop being a moron. I'm about to be 44 this week. I'm not 24. You know what I mean? Yeah, my birthday is Friday. Can you believe it? We'll celebrate on Linderman's Picks on Friday. What do you think? Anyway, so thank you to all those who knew about the situation and reached out to me to, to uh, make sure I was okay. So thank you very much for all that. And with that, folks... That's going to do it for my solo effort on Tales from the Abyss. And I will see everybody on Friday for Linderman's Picks. Stay tuned for later this week for uh, Arthur Ziegler's uh, history, Tales from the Abyss, and Rennie Rinko's The Sentiment. So be prepared for those. I am Jay for, Li- Jay for Linderman. I can't speak, man. What happened? The tongue bandit came in and got me. Jesus Folks, I am Jay Linderman, and I'm here telling you to all to stay safe and to stay badass. Good night, America.